welcome to this week's sermon from C3 Church Narara. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Chris Brown. For more information or to contact us, visit c3church.narara.net. Praise the Lord. So last year, uh, around this, well, earlier in the beginning of 2020, what a season of promise. It was just the beginning of a new decade and everyone was very excited. Um, and, uh, and then, of course, COVID hit. And you may have heard, you know, Bethany, who was leading up here earlier, our daughter, uh, she and Justin were due to be married in April. And they had had all these great plans, you know, they had the honeymoon booked and the flowers were ordered and the reception was organised and all this, we'd done the tasting of the food and all this, and then it all just fell apart. And uh, they did such a good job, I think we mentioned this uh, back at the time, they were very flexible, took it in their stride, uh, had a very pared back wedding, just um, five people allowed. Uh, And then they were just great because they had a, a positive attitude to the whole thing. They just said, all right, well, what... Oh, awesome. There it is. Um, they said, um, okay, let's, let's, what, what are the positives here? Um, they still, it was still a wonderful wedding. Uh, and, and, uh, and then they just said, okay, well, we, we can look forward to the reception. We can look forward to a honeymoon, whenever that may be. And so this morning, I, I want to talk about what we look forward to, what we anticipate in the future, something in particular. Um, and then, of course, fast forward a year, almost, I think it was a year and a week uh, they did have the wedding reception. They did have a wonderful honeymoon. Well, of course, here we are again in lockdown. <laughs> We've all got the opportunity to uh, not just suffer, uh, but to look forward to things. And we think, oh, I'd like to do that after lockdown. And, and hopefully when we have enough immunity in the community that the government now are talking about, we'll have the end of lockdowns so that you can actually travel to visit family, friends, interstate, go overseas, uh, for work or for holidays and uh, have freedom of movement and we can gather regularly, consistently uh, for worship. So, so we have this opportunity to look forward to things and, and of course gatherings of like weddings, uh, birthday celebrations, anniversaries, it's always so much better with people and not being isolated and locked away from each other and, uh, and, and, and it's fun to look forward to these kind of events. Well, of course, there's one celebration that we can all look forward to that we're going to talk about. Uh, This one is going to top all other celebrations. It's going to be the most amazing gathering you could ever attend, you could ever experience. It's going to just be over and above anything you'll ever go to. Any party, I've been to some big parties, some amazing wedding celebrations. This, this one's not going to suffer from any restrictions. There's going to be no curfew, no lockdown, no capping of numbers of people. And, and it's going to go on like for quite some time. Uh, and of course, what I'm talking about is heaven, the greatest celebration. And, uh, and so we, um, oh, there's our screen, heaven in July. People do Christmas in July. Uh, we're talking about heaven in July. And we're going to do this for the next few weeks. I want to start with the words of Jesus. And uh, you may know this passage, uh, John 14, the first few verses of the book of John, John the Apostle recording the words of Jesus. And Jesus said, 
verse 1. We want to look at verse 1, John 14, verse 1. He said, uh, do not let your hearts be troubled. Well, there's a message right there, <laughs> for, for, especially for this time. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Our hearts, you know, like they want to, they, they have an inclination. We have to have some control and some effort sometimes, some invitation of God's strength in our spirit to, to prevent something from happening. Like my dog always wants to get out. Don't let the dog out. Who let the dogs out? Don't let the dog in. Don't let the dog out of the garage. Don't let the dog out of the, the, uh, the, 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 through the gate. Don't, you know, well, our hearts just sometimes want to be troubled, find reason to be troubled. She said, don't let your hearts be troubled. Well, there's a whole new message, but um, you can think about that uh, in your own time. You believe in God, he says, believe also in me. Well, there's another message, trusting God. Verse 2. John chapter 14, my father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and I will take you to be with me, that you may also be where I am. So Jesus is talking about heaven, a place that he is preparing, a place in our heavenly Father's house and a place where Jesus is waiting for us. A real place, a place that has a place for you. It's not a, not a fantasy, it's not a figment of someone's imagination. Jesus was not just shooting the breeze or, you know, he spoke the truth. We can rely on that. And, and you know, there's a lot we don't know about heaven, but there are some things we can know about heaven. We've basically got three sources of information about heaven. And this one right here is the most reliable of the three. This is God's word. This is the Bible. It's the most accurate source of knowledge that you can build your life on. And uh, it's full of truth. It is the source of truth. It's what you need to build your life on. It's the foundation for living. And you can be assured that when Jesus says something, he means what he says. His promises are true. And, uh, And so he talks about preparing a place for you. Then you can count on it. That's heaven, a home for us there. And next week we'll explore some of the details and the specifics about heaven that the Bible teaches us. The second area that you get information about heaven is uh, personal testimonies. People who have died, gone to heaven briefly and then been resuscitated and come back to life here on earth and then they've got an account and I'm going to share one of those with you this morning. And then the third area, we all have this source of knowledge. It's a little vague and hazy and grey, but it's still there. And that's an individual personal instinct about heaven, about life after death. There's a, an internal awareness that there's something out there, that there's something beyond this current existence all throughout history. All through different cultures and places and people and settings, people have wondered about life after death, but they've known that there is more, that there's, that there's something beyond this, but they can't completely understand it. And that's referred to uh, in the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter 3, verse 11. This book was written by Solomon, wisest man ever lived, according to Solomon. But the word of God is true. He, um, uh, and he says, uh, Ecclesiastes 3.11, he's made everything Beautiful in its time. He is God, of course. God's made everything beautiful in its time. He, the Lord, has also set eternity in the human heart. 
Yet no one can fathom what God has done from beginning to end. So notice, as I just mentioned, we can't always completely fathom or understand what God has done or is doing or completely has prepared. We don't, we don't know everything about heaven or about life. But we do know this. He's put eternity. He set it in the human heart. So there's something in there that says, I'm made for eternity. I, I don't think this is it. This is not the end. There's something... I'm called beyond here. What's going to happen when I die? I don't think that's going to be the end. Well, we can find out more in the Lord through the Word of God, but we do have that instinct. Um, C.S. Lewis said this, If I find in myself a desire which no experience in this world can satisfy, the most probable explanation is that I was made for another world. Isn't that interesting? That's the reflection on this truth, that there's, there's something in my heart that it's, it's not satisfied. Why? What is, it's, it's yearning, it's reaching, it's beckoning for something it knows is out there, is, is going to be discovered somewhere down the track. And we see this all the time. Um, I love that show, Grand Designs. You know, they've franchised it. There's Australian one, there's the, you know, the New Zealand one. Kevin, the original guy, is the best. Uh, quite poetic, reflecting on how people have, you know, built this great thing, great design. And I love the journeys that people go on. They, uh, you know, they have these amazing designs and uh, for a dream home. And then they go and pursue the design and the dream for the dream home with differing results. Uh, sometimes they're quite a, a folly. Uh, some people have spent oodles of money for something that's a little crazy and uh, and I like the ones where people have not got a lot of money tight budget but they get there in the end um, but quite a few of the shows and the stories have they're kind of tinged with sadness because they get to the end of this grand build this great big journey this, and and they you can tell they're not completely satisfied there's something missing and it's because they're never going to get a perfect home. You're never going to get completely satisfied this side of the pearly gates in this life on this earth. And, uh, you know, because sometimes you see people on this show, they'll, they'll go for the big design, they'll go for the great big house, they'll actually move, they'll leave family and friends and move to a new location. They'll go to a new country sometimes and they build the great house and they're, uh, and they, and they've, their friends and their family haven't, haven't been able to follow them there. And what has followed them there are their issues, the normal stuff of life, the problems that didn't go away just because they're living in a house with more bedrooms and a nice view. You know, it's, it's a little sad sometimes. Some people find that they build the great house and they hate the neighbours or the dogs next door just don't ever stop barking. You can't change that. You, and then others, uh, you know, they have flaws in the design, they got problems with the build and they're exhausted at the end. And, and I said, even the ones that... Even the ones that are successful, oh, sometimes they take years and it's a little sad and a little scary and you can see they're, they're worn out, they're tired at the end, you know. Uh, look, there's nothing wrong with great architecture. Um, there's, you know, wonderful buildings that we can build but we've just got to be careful that the outlay that we put in doesn't outweigh the end result, that uh, we're not expecting more than we're going to get and be realistic we've got to understand there's always going to be limitations and disappointments uh and, and imperfections with any endeavor that we chase after on earth 
Not that we shouldn't go for things, but we just need to have that perspective. And, um, and so no home you're going to ever live in is perfect. No life we ever have is perfect. But there is a perfect dream home waiting for us. It's just a little further down the track. And you just got to wait for it, and it's in heaven. Most of us can't afford dream homes anyway. <laughs> so, um, you know, it's, and it's the same with our heavenly dream home. You can't afford what is waiting for you there. You don't get the opportunity because the price of that ultimate home is way beyond any price that you or, or me or, or anyone here on earth could pay. There's only one person that could pay the price, and that's Jesus. And he paid with his life the price for us to be able to go to heaven. He's got the, the title deeds with his blood stamped on it, saying, yeah, I've got a home. I've prepared it. I've built it for you. It's like an exclusive, amazing estate of houses, a gated community. I have a lot of those in America for good reason. And, uh, uh, and, and, and yet he invites us in. It's, it's free for anyone that will follow him there. I mean, it's an incredible concept. Imagine, okay, so if you're watching beyond the Central Coast, uh, Avoca and Terrigal, they're nice suburbs. Here we have God's own country. If you don't live here, well, we'll pray for you. But anyway, for those of us on the coast, you know, Avoca and Terrigal. Imagine you're walking down there and you see one of these fantastic homes looking out over the water and it's just gloriously, you know, fancy and big and all that. And you, you dream out loud, you find yourself mumbling out loud, oh, wouldn't that be nice? You know? And imagine this guy just walks past and says, oh, excuse me, I couldn't help you hearing you talking about that, that house over there. Oh, yeah, well, you know. He goes, yeah, well, I, actually, I happen to own that. Oh, wow, good for you. He goes, yeah, but I don't need it. I've actually built it specially to give away to someone. He'd be like, what? What's going on here? He says, and you know what? And you hear the keys jingling out of his pocket. I'm going to give it to you. You go, what is going on? He goes, yeah, it's all yours. Uh, I mean, what would you do? What would you say? You, 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 well, I, I don't deserve it. He goes, yeah, I know that. It's all good. It's a free gift. Oh, and he just walks away. And, and as he walks away, he says, oh, by the way, the, uh, the garage is open. See that Ferrari? Keys are in it. It's all part of the deal. Ducati, latest F4 Panigale, uh, V4 Panigale. Oh, yeah, it's go for your life. Oh. You, you, you know what I mean? Okay, so that's probably not going to happen. Let's come back down to reality. Um, but that would be ridiculous and wonderful and amazing. But that's nothing compared to what is really going to happen for those who follow Jesus. Right? We, we think, oh, oh, wow. Well, even if that did happen and you're 50-something like me, 50, uh, you, you know, then how long you got? Another 50 years, if you're lucky, certainly not 100. That's nothing in the space of eternity. So it's, it's not a big deal whether you live in a you know, mansion or not here now. But eventually, wow, Jesus is, he's got it all under control. He's got something wonderful for you. Um, you know, last year we did a series on kingdom culture. We talked about how the, the ways of the world, the kingdom, the culture of, of the world is very different to God's kingdom, God's kingdom culture, and how we have a taste of God's kingdom. We have some elements of the kingdom of God here on earth in our hearts when we influence the world for good with the power of God, prayers and, and Christian lifestyle and the 
proclamation of God's Word can change things. And, but, but it's never going to be completely the fulfilment, the experience of, of heaven, of God's kingdom when we get there fully in heaven. Um, and so, in other words, it's a taste. And the Bible says uh, in the book of Psalms, uh, taste and see that the Lord is good. And, and we do get to taste. We, we, go, we do get to experience something of God's kingdom, a, a, a little taste of heaven on earth when we walk with him and we're, we're connected to him. Um, but it still is only a taste. But you know what happens when you get a taste of something? You want more of it. If you get something that you like, taste and see the Lord is good. You taste something that's good. Well, I went to Rome once on our way home from Russia with my beautiful wife, and I tasted gelato. Now, I think I'd had gelato before, and I was on the lookout. I think I'd read, you know, oh, Rome's got the best gelato, and I'd already enjoyed gelato. And as you may know, gelato is made with milk, not cream. So you can nearly say it's healthy. <laughs> um, and it's not as fattening, apparently, but, you know, all things in moderation anyway. You just have a bit of it, and it's great. But it's, oh, in Rome, it was amazing. And so I think I had gelato several times a day for the five days we were there. Uh, I just was smitten with gelato, and it, it's really good in Rome or you're not in business as a gelato maker. And then out into the rest of the world, well, you can get away calling it gelato and no one seems to know and it's hopeless. So I'm on a quest all the time as to whether someone's got really good gelato. And you know it when you taste it. It's smooth, it's texture's amazing, flavours are great. And so everywhere we go, I'm looking for gelato. Well, not, for, you know, I'm not an idiot, you know, I'm not... Okay, settle down. I'm, I'm, I don't mean everywhere, just most places, you know. I mean, if we're on holidays, you know, I'll see a gelato. Oh, look, there's gelato. You know, and so what I'm saying is I've tasted it, so I'm on the hunt for, for more of it. I'm, I'm pursuing sometimes. I'm like, I'm going out of my way, I'm looking at Google, where's the gelato place? We're in this holiday house or, you know, where. And so if you've tasted something good, then you're on a bit of a pursuit for more of how good that is. You'll go back to that restaurant or you'll go looking for another uh, restaurant of that chain or you'll go to another experience because the other experience was... So you see where I'm heading. If you can taste the Lord, if you can get a taste of God, you will pursue Him and you will pursue Him right through to the fulfilment, which is at the end of your life, you are going to die. Just thought I'd throw that in there. And, and you will then be able to see the fulfilment and taste the fulfilment of that experience. And you know, interestingly, on the food issue, the Bible calls it the marriage supper of the Lamb. Jesus is the Lamb of God. Perfect sacrifice, lamb being sacrificed in the Old Testament. Jesus, the perfect sacrifice, the lamb of God, and the end culmination of, of, of time and meeting with the Lord in heaven is called the marriage supper. It's like a reception, a wedding reception, and there'll be food there. There'll be good gelato. Um, you Italians, make sure you follow the Lord and get to heaven and make us gelato. Um, speaking of having a taste of heaven, the Apostle John who recorded the words of Jesus that we read a little while ago in, in his gospel, he also had a real taste of heaven. And he recorded that account in the book of Revelation because he went there. And uh, he was towards the end of his life. And uh, we have this letter, the book of Revelation, that tells us some things about the end of the 
times, last days, and also about heaven. And we'll unpack some of the descriptions he gave us more next week. But for now, look at Revelation 21. Chapter 21 of the book of Revelation, last book of the Bible. If you're analog, just keep turning right to the end and back a few pages. Chapter 21, verse 21, and it says this, the 12 gates. So what he's talking about is this description of heaven. 12 gates were 12 pearls, each gate made of a single pearl. The great street of the city was of gold, as pure as transparent glass. I did not see a temple in the city because the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb, that's Jesus of course, are its temple. The city does not need the sun or the moon to shine on it, for the glory of God gives it light, and the Lamb is its lamp. The nations will walk by its light, and the kings of the earth will bring their splendor into it. On no day will its gates ever be shut, for there'll be no night there. The glory and honor of the nations will be brought into it. Nothing impure will ever enter it, nor will anyone who does what is shameful or deceitful, but only those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life. You heard that expression before? The Lamb's book of life. That's awesome. That's the book that records all those who are validated and approved to enter heaven. Not on what we do, nothing you can do to earn it, but just trust in Jesus and he's the Lamb, the Lamb's book of life. Well, interestingly, when you read that, if you've read accounts of people who have died and gone to heaven, you might see some simple, some significant similar uh, descriptions in that account of John's and in the accounts of people who have experienced a, a, a taste of heaven. Um, like the fact that there's light everywhere, that there's uh, gold streets, um, these transparent kind of pearl-like materials, gates. Well, I've got a, an account that I'm going to read to you written by a lady um, in 1990, she was about 60 at the time, and uh, it reflects on just these kind of uh, images. And she, uh, she went to hospital for a major operation, and she writes this, Two days after my operation, I experienced complications, and so I was moved to intensive care, the unit in hospital. I was placed on a monitor and left for a short time. It was at about 3 a.m. when I suddenly felt myself traveling up a round tunnel which was filled with a bright golden light and heading towards a brighter white golden light. I remember calling out to Jesus knowing that I was experiencing the end of my life. I wasn't afraid, just amazed that it was happening. I arrived at the end of the tunnel and was looking out on a beautiful world. It was all golden and beautiful, colours like rainbows everywhere. It seemed to me that there were trees and flowers and maybe even rolling hills, all filled with this white golden light. Towards my left was what seemed like a huge fence built of mother of pearl with spaces between each post. Just through the fence and towards one side were these two beings. I just knew that they were my father and my stepfather-in-law waiting for me 
even though they didn't look like they used to, but like beings of light. Suddenly, I remembered that I hadn't seen my newest grandson and felt or heard a voice saying I could go back and see him and that I would have a good life and live on towards an old age. It was a kind and loving voice and I knew it was from God. Instantly, I was back on the hospital bed and a nurse was calling my name. I, I told her what I had experienced and she said that that kind of thing had happened to other people and I was privileged to have had the experience. I feel very close to God when I recall the glimpse of his kingdom that I saw. Well, that was uh, over 20 years ago and today that lady is living on into old age. She's healthy, she's living for Jesus, she's in her 80s. I know this because she's not an American or someone from overseas and I didn't read that in a book um, but it is her an account. She's an Australian. I know her personally uh, because that's the account of my mum. That happened to Jenny Brown and if you know my mum you'll know that she is a very down-to-earth person, not given to wild fantasies or weird stuff or crazy stories. She's, very, she's a country girl and very down-to-earth, reliable, practical, laid-back person. And so um, I trust that will bless you because that is one of many, many testimonies. And, uh, and there are quite a few from America because there's a lot of people there, a lot of Christians and a lot of Christian literature, so they often get the opportunity to have them published. And you can find stories that, just like my mum's, reflect on some of those truths about heaven that have a taste. Of, and people who have never met each other, who haven't colluded, have often written the same kind of stuff, just as John experienced, that we read about in the book of Revelation. And um, incidentally, my mum was told by the doctors after she told them that, they said, right, we're going to book you in to see a psychiatrist, which they did. And she said, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm just going to... She asked her sister to bring her Bible and she just ended up leaving hospital, getting... uh, She was already in church, just staying in church, still is, and and knew that she didn't need any kind of uh, special treatment. Um, And she's completely normal, cognitively... um, and so, um, as I said, I, I figured that, that would bless you, um, knowing the source especially. So heaven is real. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be the best thing that you could ever look forward to. And, um, and it's waiting for you if you commit your life to Christ. And I want to make sure that you do that because he's the only one that will take you there. He's the one that is preparing that place for you when you die. And we're all going to die. That's just one of those facts of life. So we need to decide about Jesus before we die. And as we read, that uh, nothing impure will enter heaven, but only those whose names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Jesus will write your name in his book when you simply say yes to him, to his love, to his grace, to his offer of forgiveness, to turn from living life just on our own, to turn from our sin and repent and say, yes, God, please help me. I want to follow you. I want to live for you. I want to be forgiven. I want to be saved. And I want to go to heaven. Come on, let's pray as we finish this morning. Lord God, we thank you, uh, Lord Jesus, for making it possible for us not just to live with you here on earth, overcome attacks of the enemy and problems and issues and live a victorious life, but ultimately, Lord, We're going to heaven. You have this home waiting for us and we are looking forward to that. 
We live life to the full, but we live life with perspective, with understanding, with that hope and anticipation of our home with you in heaven. And I pray for everyone this morning that we would all have that personal relationship. If you don't, pray this prayer after me right now. A simple prayer, prayer of commitment to God, accepting the love and forgiveness and sacrifice of Jesus. You say these words to God. He'll listen. He'll answer you. You pray this. Father God in heaven, thank you for sending Jesus to die on the cross in my place for my sin, for my mistakes. So I turn from them and I turn to you and I ask you, Lord Jesus, to forgive me, to save me and to come into my life. Live in my heart and lead me Show me how to live all my days until I see you in heaven. Thank you, Lord God. Bless everyone watching today, connecting, walking with you in Jesus' name. We hope you've enjoyed this week's sermon. For more information or to contact us, visit c3church.narara.net.